Listening to the Cannabis Hangout. Two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with the community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while, while we, we break, break it all down. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode. I'm Brandon. And I'm Saba. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Katie, who is a lover of the cannabis plant Bees and Fitness. She's the owner of Katie's Babies, which helps create and sustain healthy honeybee colonies throughout Oklahoma. We're excited to hear her story and get to know more about her passions. So please welcome Katie to the Cannabis Hangout. Hey, hey. Katie. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here with us. We really appreciate you. Um, So to get started, can you tell us the first time you experienced using cannabis and what that was like for you? Oh, my gosh. Okay, that would be going back to probably age 13. Yeah, that's common. (laughs) Um, And, you know, for me, it really for me, it was not a great experience the first time that I tried it. Um, I found myself like. I was in a really awkward situation, Mm -hmm. like, you know, among people that invited me to hang out for the first time. Yeah. Um, So I did it as kind of like a, you know, to fit in kind of thing. Peer pressure type thing. Yeah. And I found myself just like staring at the clock the entire time for Mm. just thinking like, is this ever going to end? I don't know. (laughs) So the first time for me was not fantastic so that you got high though you felt <laughs> yes. high yes, yes uncomfortably but this was also back at the time that was like it was brick you yeah. know so yeah. it was, you know not, mm-hmm. nothing like now. you have no idea really <laughs> yeah. what that brick was <laughs> you're just smoking or it. what was in it yeah <laughs> so are you a flower girl dabs like what's your preferred way um right well now I I think I'm more of a dab person. I love flour and I love smoking flour, but there's only so much of it that I can actually handle smoking. Yes, I understand that. My tolerance is so high that Mm -hmm. um, I kind of need dabbing. Yes, (laughs) I I agree with that. Yeah, I like a a mix of them both, but dabbing is takes me, puts me where I need to be. Yeah. Yep. Yes. My little dab girl. <laughs> yeah. Remember when you would never smoke dabs? I know. And now that's all way. you do. I know. It's wild to me. The more you know. <laughs> the more you know. So, Katie, at what point would you say cannabis was benefiting you and a necessary part of your daily life? I'm actually going to say, um, oh gosh, probably only in the last five years. Okay. I would say. Um, I had kind of smoked it on and off um, in the years. Before, mm-hmm. but um, I was uh, in law enforcement for a couple of years. Oh, really? So, oh, wow. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it really was not a part of my life. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like of course. At that point, Makes sense. I wasn't against it, but, you know, it just, it wasn't anything that was an option to me in my life. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of after that, um, when I got diagnosed with cancer, that I kind of really started looking into it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Medicinally. Yeah. yeah, so how did, when... When, how old were you when you got diagnosed with cancer and like what type of it was it and how did, did you use cannabis to help with that? 
Um, I was 27. Okay. Um, and diagnosed with stage four thyroid cancer. Oh my wow. goodness. It's um, pretty serious. That is. Yeah. So we had to do like there was a whole. The first like year was the absolute worst. There mm-hmm. was a lot of surgeries and. Um, so I didn't really smoke at that point. I guess yeah. it was probably like the second year in that the treatments were so horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. surgery was horrible. My first surgery, when they took out my thyroid, it paralyzed my vocal cords. Oh, oh wow. So we're well on my right side. So I could talk, but it was just whispers. Like I couldn't mm. talk above a whisper for two years. Oh, wow. And I had to have another surgery to fix that. So oh my goodness. I've had four or five okay. surgeries done on my throat. You're which a is trooper. That's yeah. why I can't really smoke a whole lot of flour. Yeah, you know, I feel that. So it just, it really bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the radiation and with that, like I had to go into like a quarantine. You know, it was mm-hmm. worse than COVID because yeah. I had to isolate into, like I couldn't leave my bedroom. And my kids had to leave the house. My animals wow. had to leave the house for weeks or months at a time because oh, wow. the radiation, they couldn't be in the house. Okay. Any adults in the house, they would get headaches even just being wow. on the other side. So, like, it was your treatments were in your house. I would go to the hospital and <laughs> the nurse would come out into this room in a full fucking hazmat suit yeah. <laughs> and um, have the case within a case. And drop a, the pill in my mouth that I couldn't touch it. Yeah. And then I had to immediately leave. I couldn't drive myself home right away and had to immediately go into. So um, what was the quarantine so serious about? Like, what were they like? Because she was getting off, giving off radiation, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah it, it was essentially radiation poisoning. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And they were doing that to kill off the cancer cells. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, what was that doing to you? Like, what, how did that make you feel? Like, so what were you? The doctors tried to tell me that it really wasn't a scary thing, that it really wasn't going to affect me at all, that I might get, you know, just yeah. feel down or whatever. But it was a complete, that was so false. Oh, wow. Um, wow. It was horrible horrible it was the throwing up the body sweats like the tears that would come out of my eyes would pretty much dry up before it even reached my chin oh my goodness like it was the worst time I couldn't even like two weeks were kind of just lost yeah like I didn't exist yeah yeah, I just don't even and how long did you have to do this for um on and off for probably two and a half years wow yeah, I never made six months without being re-diagnosed. I've been, I've done it three times. Wow, so far. Yeah. Wow, you are. Wow, you're such a, a trooper, trooper with that. Yeah. So did <laughs> you so brave. for after? I guess so. During that, were you like using any sort of cannabis at that time in your life, or were you? Was it like after that? I was that dabbling. Um, yeah, okay. not during the quarantine. I wasn't. Yeah. Um, but shortly after, I okay. was able to come out. Okay. Uh, is when it was around the time that 788 happened, actually. Okay. It wasn't legal yet, but it was mm-hmm. It was coming it was right there. there. It was coming. So I was starting to ask questions yeah. and start to, because it was just so horrible, man. After so many times, it was like, I kind of figured that that was going to be the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, 
every time I went back for a six months checkup, you lose hope was, with everything. Yeah, yeah. Rediagnosed. Fucking, let's get you right back into either surgeries, treatments, or both. Yeah, yeah. and it's. It's exhausting. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start, on top of like the physical like, what is the stuff point going of it? on. Right. What yeah. is the point of trying to stay alive for this? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's none. Yeah. There's got to be something else. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, you know, I had one doctor when I was trying to find one that I said that I really wanted to try a holistic approach. Mm-hmm. And she literally laughed and said, well, come back when that doesn't work. Oh, <laughs> I was like, well, you're not the one. Yeah, no, no. absolutely not. It's so crazy to me that people like you hear stories about doctors like that sometimes that are so insensitive. And like when you're at the lowest point, like begging for help, just like, you know, be there. And they're just they do some shit like that. And you're mm-hmm. like, why? Why are you yeah. even doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point of you being I know. here? Like, right. I feel like you have to have em- the empathy bone in your body for sure to a max to be able to do something like that. Mm-hmm. So what, so what like ultimately like helped you heal that? Um, I mean, I can't say for sure, but I feel like, (laughs) I feel like being able to, I, I had gotten onto an RSO regimen and I hit it hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, hard, (laughs) like it was insane hard. What do you mean? (laughs) Um, I was, I was taking, oh man, how much was it? Of like RSO, like yeah. the size of it was it like a no? It was, it like was a a probably a full syringe. Oh, it was okay. a full syringe. Oh yeah. wow, not Every even day. like a grain yeah, of rice. Like, no. like, you're yeah. like full sins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. then I got the capsules. I ended up getting the the time release capsules, mm-hmm. and I think those were like a twelve hundred milligram dose a day. Yeah. Um, along with topicals okay. that I would put yeah. on on my throat, just like a lotion, you know, right, yeah. moisturizer, right. um, and. I feel like that that's what it was. How long did you yeah. do that for? Um, a year. Straight. Every day? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And um, and this was you, like, not getting treatment, nothing. You just wanted no. to try the holistic And I approach. have been. I was re-diagnosed for the fourth time in February 2021. Okay. And um, I told the doctor that I'm not going to do a treatment and that I'm going to try doing cannabis. Yeah. And that's when I got on the RSO treatment, and I have not. It's not gone, yeah, but it's microscopic. Like it's wow. it's so small wow. that um, all we have to do is keep an eye on it. Wow. So wow. were you were you taking like a full syringe of RSO a day, once a day? Mm-hmm. So what did that yes. make you feel? Oh, like? What time of the day? Too? <laughs> like were you high as fuck? Like yeah. what? Well, I yeah. Was, gosh. Okay. I because <laughs> I'm I'm just imagining like if you if you're not smoking s- regularly and then you just launch yourself into a full syringe a <laughs> well, day, you're like blasted. It didn't start at a full syringe. It did work up that uh, up to that over I think a month. Okay. okay. I built up for a month. Mm, that's but still... even still, yeah. I was like, like, even still, that's very even fast. still. It was really hard for me because. It um, I didn't really enjoy it. Like, okay. you know what I mean? Like, I have to say I did not because I it, I was so tired and I was, was so Was it better high. than like, those pills, though? Oh, they absolutely. They were giving you, so you're like, okay. 1,000%. Oh, I like, can do this. It's like, I can I can slug my way through the day. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Because I also, like, I don't have a thyroid. So, you know, all the things that happen with that and you know, you're just naturally tired all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that on top of it, it would be like, 
I couldn't sit down without falling asleep almost. (laughs) I can only imagine. Was was, this like during the day you would take it? I would take it throughout the day. Okay. I would try to space, figure out like when could I afford to take a bigger, like obviously Mm -hmm. the biggest dose would be at nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. But I would also have a really hard time waking up too. So, but I mean, again, comparatively, like if that's the worst of it, right? Then bring it on, right? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? For like sure. I just... Okay. Wow. So. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. That. That's so. That's so crazy, but so beautiful at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I really like. It really makes me appreciate where, where I'm at now. Like yeah. as far as my health, and you know, my doctor said like I've had the same doctor since I found him, and okay. from the beginning, mm-hmm. and even he says like, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. Because it's working. Like, he knows that I do Mm -hmm. cannabis. Like, um, I had a couple of people even come with me to the doctor to, Mm -hmm. like, that were helping me find a right regimen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I said, come with me. And, like, you know, we had that. And he's, my doctor actually sat down with them. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. And, like, you know, just said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Wow. We'll just be back here and we're just going to monitor. And we've not had to do anything ever since yeah. I started. That's awesome. Yeah. That awesome. Good. <laughs> yeah. So much progress. And you have your beautiful voice back, you know, there's no yeah. whisper to it. Like no. that's huge. Yeah, that is huge. Yeah. It was horrible. That was horrible in itself. Yeah, I <laughs> can know? imagine. So what's your daily routine like with cannabis now? Like, do you wake and bake and smoke throughout the day or is it, are you just like a nighttime or like, what's your current jam? Yeah, I am like, constantly smoking a little bit of weed yeah just (laughs) throughout your whole day yeah it is is throughout the day yeah Mm -hmm. I feel that yeah that's me too so paint your perfect day for us Katie you have no responsibilities no kids to keep track of no business or work stuff happening what would you do and what would that day look like okay let's pause for a minute and talk about Oklahoma's grassroots cannabis publication herbage magazine they are in over 500 dispensaries statewide providing cannabis education and supporting and highlighting the local communities for more information visit herbagemag.com that's h-e-r-b-a-g-e-m-a-g.com It was all up to you. Boy, that is almost an anxiety and voguing <laughs> question. Because <laughs> I feel like if I don't have anything to do, I'm forgetting something. Yeah, I feel that. Um, but let's see. Okay, let me just try. Yeah. Um, I definitely go to the gym for sure. Uh, gym. I'd I'd probably try to catch up with some friends because yeah. like I'm I'm so busy all the time that even the friends that are kind of close by the times that I get to spend with them or it seems just not enough. So mm-hmm. that would probably be it. Just the cool, chill scenario. Just connecting with, with others. Lots of food. Yeah. And, you know, like mm-hmm. with, with my friends that I haven't yeah. got to see in a long time. Are you the beach or the mountains? Gosh, both. Yeah. <laughs> um, but probably I grew up in the mountains. Okay. So probably the mountains. Where'd you grow up? Um, in Vail, Colorado. Did Ooh. you? Yeah. Nice. For how long? Um, about 13 years. Oh, wow. That's amazing. But I also grew up, my younger life was also in Washington State. Oh, okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you've just been surrounded by a lot of nature. beauty and yeah. nature. So yeah. now you're in Oklahoma. So what brought you to Oklahoma? <sighs> it's not a good story. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> but ultimately, we can skip it if you want. Ultimately, I literally um, went to my parents' house and we opened up an atlas. I covered my eyes and picked a spot on the map. 
Okay. And that's it. And you ended up in Oklahoma. That's actually a pretty cool story. What do you mean? (laughs) Oklahoma is a good place to live, too. I mean, yeah, it's affordable compared mm -hmm. to a lot of other states. There's a lot of cool stuff happening. But we do not have the nature nature that I take off to go to Colorado for. Yeah, I try to go back to Colorado. I try to go, like, once a year at least. Same, minimum Um, once a year. If it's twice a year, I'm, like, balling. Sweet. (laughs) Everything's happening, right? Happy (laughs) days. Yeah, that has not happened in a long time. I know. know. Well, now I'm like, you know, I'm I'm trying to like broaden my horizons. Oh, I know. I I feel like I tend to get so like Colorado minded with the mountains, but then I'm like, okay, Brandon, there's so many other states. I always think of Wyoming now, like that Wyoming, Montana is like the first place I think of. It's just a little bit further. I know, but I'm like. Man, I'm about that. Okay, I'm going. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Sava straight up drove 19 hours sure back from Wyoming to Oklahoma. I sure did. With me in the car, <laughs> mind you, I asked multiple she times, did. and Sava was like, "No, I got it, I got it." I was like, "You were fucking crazy." Yeah. <laughs> and we only stopped like two or three times. Yeah. Yeah. Because I hate like <laughs> stopping. Like we're both the same in that. Like, we're we're great travelers. We're, yeah, yeah, we are. We're just like, let's just fucking get there. And like, get out of the car. Yeah. 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 But Set up our campsite. Yeah. That's so amazing though. I think like, like girl trips need to be I prioritized know. more. Yeah. Like man, me going on a girl trip with my bestie was mm-hmm. just the best thing I've ever done in my life. Because you I just pick. went somewhere recently, didn't you? Uh, not super recently. Um, we took a trip to LA last year. Okay, it's yeah. kind of where she's from, and I've never been there. Okay. And so we just went and lived it up for just a weekend. Yeah, and man. it was just the best time. That's and, so fun. Yeah, that and like fun. the stuff that you guys do together, I, I love it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we, like, like we bond the over the yeah. outdoors sure and that stuff. So that's the best. It really and truly is the best place to bond. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Katie, you like to work out. Um, how would you say cannabis helps you with like exercising before and after? Like, how does it benefit you? Okay, so I start. I start by like I take my dabs while I'm getting ready. Okay, nice. <laughs> like I have my little ritual to get yeah. ready for the gym where I'm like I'm pumping myself up in my brain, like mm-hmm. getting myself into that mode. Um, and so I take a couple dabs and then I'll smoke on the way to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like it helps me focus mm-hmm. and to be able to just like put my headphones on and just you're in your head, you're focusing on the mind muscle connection and mm-hmm. it really helps you stay there. Right. Is what I feel like. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And afterwards, it's great for relaxing. Yeah. Because after, you know, you work hard at something, there's nothing better than just sitting down and fucking smoking, chilling. Yeah. yeah. Uh. I feel that. <laughs> I get it. Painting the perfect picture. I know. I'll be getting in my zone when I work out and I'm and super you feel stoned so walking good. in. And you feel so good and accomplished about it. You're yeah. like, I mean, I just had the badass workout. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Smoking this. Like, you just feel good. I <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like smoking during or like feeling a little more elevated during a workout, it just helps the workout it go so by yeah. the way you feel while you're doing it mm-hmm. you're not like dreading certain yeah. things yeah you're just kind of like oh on to the next thing what should I do next <laughs> and then before you know it you're like 45 or an hour in, and then yes, like cool now I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah makes it better for sure so Katie to flip the script a little bit in your own words will you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do tell us who you are okay well um so i am um 
I'm a little bit of everything, I think. Like, um, I'm super compassionate. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, I'm a little emotional. Um, but I love everything. Like, I try, I try to love everything anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You're a mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm mother. I love my baby. Mm-hmm. so I just my youngest just started school and then my oldest is getting ready to leave school and so <laughs> we're dealing with all of that yeah. yeah um two very different stages like complete opposites. <laughs> yeah and then you know we, we just a house full of kids and yeah. then we got the business mm-hmm. with um Urbage magazine yeah which I love yeah what do you do for Urbage tell um, us about that Okay, I wear a lot of hats there, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately I'm um, project manager. Okay. Um, so we're getting ready for the movie night, which is going to be great mm-hmm. with the drive-in. So cool. Um, that's my first like event that I've birthed. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I'm so proud of it. Yeah, <laughs> you should know, like, yeah. I, I loved it. I love doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love all the people that are coming on and it's just such an awesome experience. Yeah. Like, yeah. To bring is, people together and to yeah, create something yeah. like that. Such mm-hmm. a good feeling. Yeah. To be yeah. able to do that. And then even just in my day to day to, I love promoting other people. Yeah. Like I love seeing what other people do That's and cool. I love being able to help show that. Mm-hmm. And I love that the community in itself um, accepts it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I yeah, I know what you mean. It's, yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah. It's, it's fucking <laughs> awesome. Well. You're right, Katie. Very well said. So, Katie, let's talk about the bees. Yeah. I, I'd love to know, like, how old were you when you sparked interest in doing this and what led you to wanting to start a business for it? Oh, gosh. Okay. So, it's honestly like it is within the last few years. Um, so, with like the whole cancer thing, in the times that I wasn't in quarantine, mm-hmm. um, I really developed a huge social anxiety. Mm -hmm. I got used to staying in my room for weeks or months at a time. And so coming, even coming out of my room was like, even now I'll migrate to hang out in my room. Like it's just, yeah, I feel like it's just kind of become a safe space for me. But Mm -hmm. in that time when I could be out, (laughs) um, I never really went many places. So I found little hobbies to do that I could do at home. So I started trying out, all kinds of different crazy things, like, <laughs> like homestead on the mountain type thing. Cool, learning sounds amazing. Stuff. I love that. <laughs> like I started learning how to tan hides. Oh, uh, cool! Like I made mead, which is a honey wine. Oh, cool! Um, a lot, a okay. lot, a lot. And I thought that was so much fun to do. Like had chickens, all this kinds of things. So, anyways, I made. Um, between making the honey wine and I also made elderberry syrup a lot that Ooh. I actually shipped out to places. Oh, really? Um, is this where, where is that of Colorado? Out of here. Out of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, but honey is so expensive that I was just like, well, I'll just learn how to fucking beekeep and I'll just have a hive and that way I can supply myself with That's my so own cool. honey. Yeah. So, That's so rad. So I like, I did some courses and I read some books and Um, I got myself a hive and did that for a year and it just like snowballed into this passion Mm -hmm. that I love so much that it became like it really just sparked out of personal interest for honey. Yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't really know a whole lot, like more than the average person. Yeah. 
Um, that's the thing is I would never think, oh, let me get bees to produce my own honey. But the <laughs> fact that you just were like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Like, yeah. that's so that's so cool <sighs> yeah. and kind of scary. So, like, what's it like? Like, how did... What was it like getting the, your first set of bee hive, I guess? Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. even know a set of bees. <laughs> terminology is. And like, where did you get them from? What was that like? Um, uh, well, I got them from Texas, a place in Texas. Okay. I, you know, drove down there and picked them up. And it was just the most like exhilarating experience because I had never actually handled bees before. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That's, that's, what I'm that's fucking crazy. It was my very first time. So um it was amazing. It was awesome. Um and I fell in love with it so fast that I really didn't even care about like how much honey I got mm-hmm. or anything like that. And then my ideas ideas just started snowballing. Like, mm-hmm. I really want to do this. Like, I want to keep doing this. I want to do this big. Um, so I'm. That's what I'm building on is making it bigger. That's yeah. cool. That's so cool. So how does it, what does it take to be a beekeeper? Like to take care of bees. Like, what do you do? Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Jade Pebworth over at the Me Law Group in Oklahoma focuses to provide you with a comprehensive approach and intelligent advice and representation focused on resolving problems rather than inflating them. She kills it with civil litigation, cannabis law, business planning, corporate law slash litigation, and family law. She enjoys working with companies from the ground up. Whether you need her to review and draft contracts for your company, assist in licensing applications, and more, the Me Law Group has your back. Now, let's get back to today's episode. Um, in certain ways, it's really simple and easy, and in certain ways, it's a lot more work than people think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um for the most part, like once you get kind of up and going, like they know how to run themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so really just every couple of weeks, uh, go check on things, make sure they just don't have any mites or anything. Um, okay. But. And they just build their own hives or do you yeah. have like, do you provide like, I guess, what do they feed on? Well, you got to give them the space. Um, so you have, you start with a box that has, I there's different sizes. You yeah. can get an eight frame or a 10 frame. I do 10 so you can get more. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go out and they forage like the pollen and the nectar. Mm-hmm. And that's what they turn into the honey. Okay. So they go out and then they come back. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. So they, they're, they're out during the day. Like there are certain times of day that's best to like check your bees because most of them will be out foraging. It'll yeah. be so much easier. Yeah. So they need to be surrounded by flowers. Yeah, well, they'll they'll fly within a five mile radius. Okay, um, so like, to be able to find. How do they, they know to come back? Like, but come back home. I guess They're you just, could say they just know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You'll That's see, like, crazy. There'll be certain little bees on the um, front of the hive that'll sit there with their butt up in the air and flap their wings. And I think that's some kind of like frequency or something yeah. that tells them where to go. I've even got all my hives lined up next to each other <laughs> and they know which one's theirs and which oh, one wow. not to go into. Like, yeah. That's so crazy. smart. How many hives do you have? Um, now, well, I only have four now. I had to consolidate a little bit. Like two of mine were kind of weak, so I put them into one. Um, I was going to have 10 mm-hmm. this year, but then the 
fires in yeah. Guthrie happened and I lost a whole ton of colonies. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, How many did you, you lost a lot of them? Yeah, I lost four. Oh, sorry to hear that, that is so I was discouraging. Discouraging. I, yeah, uh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I yeah. was devastated because it's a, it's a long process. Um, the, you know, everyone's like, Oh, I'm going to do this. And some people luck out and get a little bit of honey in their first year, but mm-hmm. really like you don't get any honey until your second year. Okay. Okay. Um, Is it because they're still getting accustomed to the like climate? Well, they got to build out themselves and it's, it's a, it's a long process. So, and you got to make sure that you leave them enough to get through the winter. So they need, well, what I do anyways, is I give them two boxes Mm -hmm. on top of each other for them that I will not touch Mm -hmm. (laughs) to get them through the winter time. And then if there's a third or fourth box, then that's what I will go in and harvest at the end of the year. Okay. Which we just harvested. <laughs> wow, that is fascinating to me. If you're ever in the Oklahoma City area, check out Chill Dispensary at 22 Northeast 10th Street. They're good people with hand-washed, single-source, live rosin, flour, pre-rolls, and other solventless products. So go show them some love and enjoy a chill experience. Now, back to the episode. So let's, that goes into what's your favorite fact about bees or something that like always blows people's minds that they don't know or should know. Um, you know, my biggest thing that I tell people is go out to a hive, go visit one. Most of the time I'm like, you need to come out to my hives because people are always amazed at the fact that how calm they are. Okay. Like, yeah, you know, there are, there are times of year where you don't want to mess with them and everything like that. But, um, Everyone that's come out to my hives have had such a great experience to be able to get up close, see what they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, usually get to try some like right off of the hive. It's a really cool experience. I love showing people. That's my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> showing people yeah. how it goes I love, down. Like I, I have that like almost like motherhood pride. Yeah, like, as you hey, should. Bees. The bees yeah. feel it too. They're yeah. like Queen Katie. I love her so, much. <laughs> so, how do you go about like creating and sustaining like healthy honeybee colonies like throughout the state? Because I've seen, I've like read about a little bit about that on your stuff. Like, what's the importance of a healthy colony, and what does that entail? Well, I mean, the overall importance is just you know, they're responsible for a third of the food we eat, you know, and it's incredibly important for that to be sustained. And it's almost like all the wildlife that we build out and with the pesticides and everyone keeping their lawn perfect and all that kind of stuff, it really hurts that population. Yeah. And so we really need beekeepers on a large scale Mm. to be able to keep the bees, you know, to be able to feed everybody. Yeah. Um, it was said that if all if the bees went extinct and the pollinators, like that humans would have about four years to live. Really? Wow. Yep. Like it, it literally humankind depends on it. That's wow. Crazy. I don't think yes. I really ever broke 100%. it down or knew that. Yeah. One hundred percent. Like I, I, I think that's a a huge message to spread. Okay. Like a super underrated but mm-hmm. so crucial part yeah. of human society yeah Yeah. so do you like go like on people's properties in Oklahoma and like set up these like bees I do have the option of doing that okay um of setting up and helping people care for on their place Mm -hmm. um 
it's still in the motion of trying to spread out, getting different locations. Okay. Um, I keep them in Guthrie. Next year, I'm going to be keeping them in Shawnee as well. So okay. kind of placing them everywhere that I can possibly place okay. them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you open to people be like wanting a, that on their property and then oh, you yes. come out and like service it? it. Yeah. Like yeah. they don't, like if someone wants that mm-hmm. as a service, like they, do they have to do anything or is it just like on their property sitting there and then you service it or whatever? Yeah, I can, it's, it's, all, yeah. Yeah, I can go out there and do that. Okay, yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. I have not done that yet. Yeah, um, but the option is absolutely there. Okay, that's really cool. I feel that's like really that cool. would be an interest of people. Yeah, to know that. I yeah. I really had hopes of being able to try to do that a lot this year. Yeah, it's just been s- trying to catch back up after yes. the fires has mm-hmm. been really hard. I haven't been able to have a whole lot of people out at the hives. Like yeah. it's just been really trying to grind to get back up to where right. I was. Yeah. Right. Um, that this year has been really slow at trying to get that stuff done. Yeah. I but get that. I'll be going back in, um, next year cool. with okay. that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Because there's like seasons, right? There's mm-hmm. only, is it like a summer thing for bees? Well, or they really need to be there. Like it's, for the year. Okay. You know, set up in the So they spring. produce honey throughout the whole year. Yes. They need the year. Okay. Okay. So then what do they do in the, cause obviously they're out foraging and during the summertime, springtime, there's, you know, even like a little bit of fall, mm-hmm. there's plant everywhere, but then during winter, everything dies. So then like, what do they do then? So in the fall, they start getting ready for winter as well. They mm-hmm. start um, killing off the males. <laughs> okay. oh, wow. Why do they do that? <laughs> because, um, the males or the drones, their only purpose is to mate with a queen. Okay. Um, they they don't have stingers, so they can't protect the colony. They don't make honey. They don't forage. Like they're, they're useless. They are useless. <laughs> <laughs> so off with their heads. <laughs> yeah. So they get killed off and kicked out. That's crazy. And then the queen <laughs> survival is of the fittest. I know, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> it is to think about with bees. It's like. That's so savage. <laughs> like, what do yeah. they do? What do you do to kill them off? It probably rip their heads off. For no, real. actually, <laughs> it's a much. Well, it could be a worse process. They do this thing. They can, they like ball them up and sting them a whole bunch. Oh my gosh, that's so much worse. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. And then that's kind of gnarly. That's so gnarly. <laughs> so like, it's a team of girls that do it. <laughs> wow, that's so fucked up. But like so powerful and cool. And it's so funny because if you're watching, a lot of the time if you're out there like prepping for the winter Mm -hmm. or whatever, you can see this little tiny female bee like carrying out this dead huge bee body and just tossing it out. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. So how do this, I guess, leads to my next question is how do bees give birth? Like what's that process like for bees? So the queen is the only one that lays eggs. And okay. a healthy queen can lean, lay up to 2,000 eggs a day. Wow. wow. That is like she goes out for a mate flight where she'll mate with several male bees from other colonies. Okay. And she'll come wow. back and that's all she does for the rest of her life. Wow. Is lay eggs. <laughs> so how is like a queen selected? I just am so fascinated by this. The colony makes them. They'll make um, several in queen cells. So it's different. They The difference is, is they will feed, they make this stuff called royal jelly. Mm-hmm. And they'll feed the queen that all the way up till she's ready for her mating flight. Whereas worker bees only get fed for it, I think, for like two weeks don't quote me on that part but they only get fed 
royal jelly for a little bit of time, mm-hmm. whereas the queen gets fed it for like twice as long. So the colony picks the queen. Yeah, they'll make her. Um, so they also have these, they're called um, queen cells. Yeah. And they kind of look like little peanuts hanging uh-huh. off of the regular comb. Yeah. And they'll make a couple of different queens. And the first one to emerge will typically kill the other ones. And mm, then she's wow. the queen. Yeah, it's just kind of like survival of the fittest. That's mm-hmm. fascinating. Really in most, yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say. A lot of animals, insects, they all vibe like that. It's nature is metal. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So is raw honey the best honey? God. Yes. Oh my gosh. Why didn't (laughs) I bring some today? (laughs) Yes. We've got a ton of it. Um, Okay. It is because uh, raw organic honey is the best because when it's filtered, um, some people super, super filter it. Mm. I only kind of filter it because I like like the pollen and stuff to be able to be mixed in the pollen. Sorry, mm-hmm. I didn't say that very clear. It's okay. Um and that's where you get your uh you know local honey beats local allergies. Okay. Because all of that stuff is in the honey. Yeah. So they you know they say a tea, a tablespoon of or a teaspoon of honey a day keeps mm-hmm. the allergies away. Mm. Uh, I believe that. It, yeah, yeah. Totally. Fascinating. That is cool. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about losing hives, but what, like what happens when you lose a hive and there's like no activity from there? Um, like what's going on for there to be no activity? So it really is kind of circumstantial, I think. So when the, the fires happened, Mm -hmm. the fires didn't actually reach my hive, Okay, but it got smoky enough to where they all just left because I think they just figured it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you just kind of like leave. (laughs) It's going to be gone. Then you go. So they'll gorge themselves. They'll take all the honey. They'll eat all the honey, almost all of it in the entire hive (laughs) and they'll leave to go find a safer home. So you're just left with essentially empty honeycomb with whatever bees did not make it. Yeah. And it's so uh, hard. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I bet. I just had to know that. We're yeah. learning so much about so bees right now. How does it work when when you were saying earlier when each like colony knows to go back to their colonies? What happens when you combine you cuz you're talking about combining colonies. So like how does that work? Is there like a of you know like a t- is it a territorial thing or what's mm-hmm. that what's that like we intro- introducing bees into you know a new colony um this year was the first time i've actually done it um and because i got two hives super late in the season Mm -hmm. i knew that they were gonna have a hard time like getting what they needed and then one of the hives lost their queen i don't know where or at what point but she died so they were queenless and if you lose your queen you're just like all production almost stops. stops. Like, you know, there's no more babies being bred. And, wow, you know, yeah. they don't live that long. They only live about three weeks. Oh. But bees? Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's yeah. what they're producing so many. Yeah, that's oh, where that. the 2,000 eggs yeah. a day comes. Okay. You know, um, so they'll immediately start making their own new queen, but then you got to wait for her to that process. You know, come out yeah. of her cell and then go wow. go breed and then start laying. Like you're out probably six to eight weeks. Okay. So that happened. I said, I know I cannot afford to wait another six to eight weeks. People, there's not a lot of people selling queens right now mm-hmm. because we're late in the season. So I really just kind of on the spot did some research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and I just took the queenless hive and just set it on top of the other weak hive that has a queen on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, it's going to see what happens. Go away for a week and see what happens. Like there's, it's just the best way to learn, honestly, yeah. is to, to try it out, a study and yeah. try mm-hmm. it out for yourself. And it's worked really good. <laughs> Actually, yeah. they're, that's cool. They're all good. Yeah. So are you able to tell your bees apart? I know that's kind of a crazy question, but also I don't think it is. Not really tell them apart, but I will know, I'll be able to know like this hive usually has an attitude. Okay. Where this hive hmm. is typically yeah. pretty cool. Like, okay, you know. interesting. So this actually leads me into my next question where I've seen a lot of your videos and you're just wearing like normal clothes and you're not always covered up. Yeah. So how does that go with the bees and like being stung? Because I know anytime a bee comes near me, I start to freak out. Most where, people yeah. flip yeah, out. Yeah, and there's, so. no, well, there's no reason to. But that's you know, part just, of the problem is when people freak out. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of like one of those scenarios I chalk it up to like you tell me the energy we're about to have. So if you're going to freak out at the side of me, I'm going to freak out at the side of you. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You start going mm-hmm. all crazy. So it is really best to approach A, B, or any Bs with a calm demeanor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can just kind of like so dogs. Like if, you're just, if you're just sitting there in a chair and there's a bee flying around you, you should just be totally still and let it do its thing. Yeah, because more than likely they're just checking you out. They might bump you, mm-hmm. but if you just sit still, like they're probably just going to get bored and fly off. Mm-hmm. Because do they only sting you when they're like feel like they're like protecting themselves or something? Well, yeah, if they feel like you're a threat. Yeah. Um, because they die. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They, so if you start they, swatting at them, <laughs> yes, that's if when you start they going start going like this. They're gonna be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. fuck you. <laughs> so how do so when you're going and like taking their honey, does that make them angry? Like, um, most of the time. So do they not sting you? Well, that's um, if I'm taking honey, I always completely suit up. Okay, okay, that it. makes sense. <laughs> got it. One hundred percent. Even my hands will have. I'll have leather gloves on. Okay, they don't. They don't like that. They go crazy. <laughs> I also equate that to like if someone's coming in and taking your shit. Yeah, <laughs> like are yeah. you just gonna be like, here you go? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess some people. But, I mean, that's yeah. when they start singing you because they feel threatened. <laughs> I mean, but like you know, there's all kinds of different things. When I did the harvest, you know, last week. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of mad bees. I'm, I am like my hands would have probably got lit up, but mm. overall they were very accepting of me coming and taking mm. their honey. Like, yeah, it. They like your energy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> and like they know they're providing you with their honey. It's like I've a business. Heard, <laughs> I've heard that they keep, they they can familiarize themselves mm. with people, and I choose to believe that. Yeah, you should. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So do you enjoy smoking before you, like, get in your zone, do your thing whenever you go out to your hives? Like, I feel like I would be doing that. Or, like, is it something that you feel like is, like, very tedious that you have to focus on that's not so much mindless work? You know what I mean? Um, a little bit of both. Okay. Like, it's it's not mindless work, but, um, again, back to that focus factor. Yeah. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And it also, it helps me with my tolerance because, for one, it's – if you're suiting up, those bee suits are so hot. Oh, wow. I'm like, sure. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, I can only imagine. You'll just get sweat pouring down your face. Like, even just being in it for 20 minutes. Is, oh, wow. It, they are so hot. Yeah. And um, <laughs> a beekeeper's worst enemy is the smoker. It's a pain to get those things going most mm, of the time. Yeah. Um, 
So, like, you know, when you smoke weed, you can just kind of laugh about it and not get stressed out and frustrated. Right. All of those little things. I feel uh, like I would have to smoke about it before. because. But I, I also know. smoke while I'm beekeeping. Okay, like, you cool. Know, I'll, I'll have a, a joint or something, yeah. you know. and Do they like it? Does it not bother them? Doesn't seem to. Yeah, that's cool. They're not, a, they're not leaving their hive because of the weed smoke. Yeah, no. That's good. That is. Right, good. It's a good, clean smoke. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So being a woman entrepreneur, what's been the most rewarding part of owning your own business and doing what you love? And then what's been the, the most challenging part? Um, the most rewarding is seeing it grow and and seeing it work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this this idea that you know you kind of birth (laughs) and to see it work and to see it be relevant and to see it make a difference is probably the most rewarding things and to be able to like talk about it and show like teach people Mm -hmm. when they learn new facts that are interesting and like we're doing on this whole podcast I'm like literally so fascinated (laughs) about bees I want to go so much deeper but I'm keeping it very simple right now (laughs) the bee hangout the cannabis hangout the cannabis oh there you go that's cute I love that no but you guys should really come out I would like to yeah I would really love to I have full ass suits like I don't I don't make people go out there without protection. I would yeah. love to do that. We'll have to do something like that. Yeah. yeah. So looking back, Katie, if you could go and tell your younger self anything now, a piece of advice or whatever, what would you say? Um, it's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be really hard. Um, and sometimes it's not going to seem worth it mm-hmm. for anything. Yeah. Um, but it is. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it is. And just just the only way out is through and just do it. That's good advice. <laughs> so. The only way out is through. That's, That's great so advice. solid because yeah. that goes so many that can be applied to literally everything mm-hmm. for yeah. the most part. Yeah. And I've had to I've I've it's almost been my mantra. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. I've I have not like so many people in the cannabis industry. Like I have not had a good go of things. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's been horrid you know what I mean like I am definitely one of those people that's like yeah you know like I'm really proud of myself because I could have gone the other way yeah for sure I could have decided it wasn't worth it anymore yeah Uh, you know and that's Mm -hmm. such a hard thing because it's such a horrible like it's a real thing yeah (laughs) and um so I'm I'm proud of myself and I'm proud of everybody else that does it too Yeah, yeah you should be should be we're proud of you yeah. So, Katie, we like to ask everyone this question, but what's the stigma surrounding cannabis that you'd like to see changed? Um, that it makes people lazy. Yeah. Word. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that it that it, you know, people can't do any good on it. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's always a solid one. People think that people are so lazy when they smoke. I know. You can be, but that's if you choose Certainly. to be. Not yeah. because it makes you that way. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have my days where I just want to load a flip and bong and play video games for yeah. hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once every couple of months, I might let myself. Yes. <laughs> yeah, as you deserve to do so. Veg out but, in that but, way. You know, like, you know, it's, it, it, you live the lifestyle you choose regardless mm-hmm. of whether you smoke weed or not. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like smoking weed doesn't 
make a lazy person. I know plenty yeah. of people that don't smoke weed that are lazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, Katie, I think this wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for being yeah. here and sharing so your journey yeah. and all of your knowledge with us. <laughs> you have so, so much of it. <laughs> I'm so happy to learn about bees. Thank you so much. You guys can stay in the loop with Katie and what she's up to on Instagram at Katie's, that's K-A-T-I-E-S underscore B-A-E-B's on Instagram. Wow, sorry, I always lose my train of thought here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode and stay tuned for next week. And as always, Brand, stay medicated. Bye. <laughs>